Hello, the message you're about to listen to is a recording from God's Favorite House Canada. We pray that as you listen, God's light will flood your heart and transform you forever. Amen. Our God is amazing. Our God is amazing. I thank God for what God has begun to do. Thank God for obedience um, on the part of everyone that, you know, has alluded to the voice of God, especially after the meeting place um, program we had. You know, like I said, we begin to see a diff- I mean, different things happening, you know, and thank God for Brother testimony or the, the sharing the message he got. You know, I thank God for choosing us. Um, I thank God for what God is said to do. And I pray for wisdom to stand guard in the name of Jesus. Okay, very, very quickly, we are going to be sharing about open doors. Open doors. I want you to just say after me, I will recognize my open doors. And I will take advantage of them. In the name of Jesus. You know, we just finished, you know, um, or we, we just finished the fasting period. We had an amazing program. You know, Limitless. Grace for Limitless was released upon us. Hallelujah. But guess what the challenge is a lot of times for us as believers? How do we know? How do we identify when God wants to do what he wants to do? How do we know when doors are open unto us? Have you ever thought of it before? How do I know? And you know, I'm using doors today because, of course, you know in spiritual things, there are always doors, there are gates, so it's easier to represent it that way. So when I say doors, I'm talking about opportunities, I'm talking about blessings, new things, newness, new levels. They come in form of doors. So how do we know? How are we conscious? I pray today God will open our hearts to receive from Him. There are a few things I want to show us, just a few guidelines. If, I mean, if, if you want to call it that, a few guidelines on how to recognize open doors. You know the challenge a lot of times is we run away from doors that God has opened for us instead of running towards the doors. I want to say in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I will run towards the doors that God opens for me. And not away from them. I pray God will hear us in Jesus' name. So very quickly, I'm going to share three points with us. And then I will take us through a few things that happen in life that we need to be careful about. So the first point is, listen, understand this foundation. And it will guide you as you walk with God. The door that God will open, will never contradict his word. Are you listening to me? Number one, identifier. How do I know a door that God has opened? It will never contradict his word. We know the story of, I mean, we have scriptures to read, but we know the story, so I don't think I need to read them. The first one is about Joseph. Okay, let me quickly read this one. I like to read the scriptures. The word of God is life. Okay, Genesis 39, 6-7. It says, So Potiphar gave Joseph complete administrative responsibility over everything he owned. With Joseph there, he didn't worry about a thing, except what kind of food to eat. Can you imagine that? Joseph was a very handsome and well-built young man. And Potiphar's wife soon began to look at him lustfully. Come and sleep with me. She demanded. How many of us know that beyond come and sleep with me, there will have been promises made to Joseph, right? Oh, if you come lay with me, beyond the power that Potiphar has given you, I will make sure you are this. I will give you riches. I will give you that. 
I mean, for a lot of us, God knows our hearts. But if God placed, places us, a lot of us right now, in that situation, now, mind you, Potiphar's wife, I don't know what you think of Potiphar's wife. I've shared before. What do you think? Very pretty. Egyptian damsel. So stop, when you, when you read that story, you don't just say, I just said for it. No, he did more. To withstand the temptation, go and Google Egyptian damsel. I don't know what they look like, but I don't think they will look bad. You understand what I'm saying? She would have looked bad. So now she came to Joseph, this is this. You know, for a lot of us, what we we'll say is, this may be God's open door. Anyway, my master has put me in charge of his house. Because he's busy, he's not taking care of his wife's full needs. Let me step in. That's what After all, he gave me everything in his house. God, thank you for this open door. Is that an open door? I know that's extreme. Let's go a bit closer. Listen to me. Any job opportunity that will take you away from God is usually not from God. Are you listening to me? And I'm talking about what I'm talking about based on experience. I'm, I'm going to share some things with you. The Bible says in the book of Hebrews chapter 10 verse 25, it says, this is not the time to pull away and neglect meeting together as some have formed the habit of doing. In fact, we should come together even more frequently, eager to encourage and urge other on, each other onward as we anticipate the day of dawning, or the day dawning, or that day dawning, sorry. My point is, so watch it, be careful. And one thing I've noticed is for everyone, listen, I'm, I'm not talking of one, two, three, I mean, for everyone that, even in Canada, I'm talking of this short period of time, Stalin, that you remember, your, the job you had, how, do you remember how you became a member of this church? Do you remember what happened? Awesome. Once, there are some prayers that I don't even bother, I don't drag. Once, once someone tells me that, Pastor, pray this kind of prayer for me, I know it is answered. I don't even bother. Like, I just say the word. Why? I know it is in line with the will of God. So she came to the church. The first visit you had, you made to the church at the hotel then. After the visit, she came to my house. And she was like, Pastor, you know what? My job doesn't let me serve God. Like, I've been looking for a new job. The job I do, they require me to work. Is it every other Sunday? Right? Every other Sunday, right? I need something new. And then we prayed, remember? Then short prayer, and she went. Next week, that next week, she gave testimony that she got a new job that was full-time. That allowed her work, serve God on Sundays. Do you understand what I'm saying? I mean, she's not the only one. Ini, I don't know if you remember your case too. Ini's one was very funny because we used to have epileptic drumming. So Ini will come this Sunday... All of us, our spirits will be lifted. Next Sunday, no drama. We have to just worship like that. And then, what is all this? What kind of work is that? We started praying. And in shortest of time, do you understand what I'm saying? I mean, I don't want to start calling cases. So many cases like that. God will never... So you need to understand something about God. He doesn't contradict himself. No. So if there's a job you will get that will take you to a place where, except God is calling you for a mission, maybe to go and start a fellowship in that workplace. I have to give that caveat. You know, because God is, God is unknowing. So I don't want to put him in a box. But are you getting my point? Let's understand the ways of God. Listen to me. And you're watching me here. Someone is watching me online. Not here. Someone is online. You are listening to this message. That guy that you are with is not an open door. No, this, I'm not joking. I'm actually giving a word of knowledge now. That person you are with is not an open door. Why? He's not a believer. Forget it. Forget it. Listen to me. I mean, if you take my word for it, if I where you are watching me, you are sitting in the, the guy's house in his parlor, you are wearing his shirt. 
Eh? I mean, so that the person will know that I'm so that you know that I'm talking to you. As they are, well, don't fight me. It's, this is a message from God. The Bible says in the book of 2 Corinthians 6, 14 to 15, it says, don't continue to team up with unbelievers in mismatched alliances. For what partnership is there between righteousness and rebellion? Who could mingle light with darkness? What harmony can there be between Christ and Satan? Or what does the believer have in common with an unbeliever? Then you now tell me, Pastor, why can't convince him to give it life? He's a liar. Are you the Holy Spirit? Let him give his life to Christ. Walk with God. Pray to Holy. Let's be sure. Don't let anybody scam you. I pray God will help us in the name of Jesus. Are we understanding? That first point is he understood. I want to quickly move because of time. So let's take this. Let's understand this fact. I want to quickly give you something to understand. God will never open a door that will require moral compromise or disobedience in order for you to enter. Get that? God will never open a door that will require moral compromise or disobedience in order for you to enter. So when you see a door like that, maybe there's a contract you want to get or something you want to get and the person to give you the contract says, you know what, you have to give me some money. You have to bribe me first. Now listen, it's two-way. It's either God intervenes and maybe upturns everything and makes you get it without bribing or if you must bribe by force, then that's not from God. Leave it alone. Are you getting me? Do you understand? Or you are trusting God for a promotion at your workplace. There's a solid VP promotion coming up, VP position and then your boss says, you know what, this thing is easy. I will recommend you but you need to sleep with me. That's not from God. That's not an open door. Maybe God will bypass that person. The person may just sleep and continue sleeping for a while. <laughs> or the person may just not come to work again. Anything can happen. God can bypass. But you understand my point. You can't sleep with the person and say God has opened the door. There are so many, so all these people that you see that will say small girl, big girl. Anytime I see those kind of things. Big God, yes. Small girl, big God. Of course, there are true cases of small girl, big God, but a lot of cases are not real. Don't call God's name. God will be upset. What did you do to get where you were? That's not an open door. God will help us in the name of Jesus. Number two. So number one, we said, the door that God will open will never contradict his word. Number two, the door that God opens will require you to depend on him a lot of times. Why? God will not give us something that will alienate us from him. He doesn't do that. He doesn't do that. That's not God's nature. Or he will give us something that will make us believe we no longer need him. No. He doesn't. That will, I'm, I'm going to show you some things in scripture that maybe you understand a bit better. Because God is a God of relationship. He wants fellowship. That's why he says, seek ye first the kingdom of God. And all these things will be added to you. Listen, when those things are added to you, what, what should still be your number one? God. So God, because God knows the heart, he has searched your heart and he's like, this person is not ready. If I open this door, this door can take this person away. If I person will shut the door and put me outside. Understand that. So listen, so if you find yourself in a situation where you are like, listen to this phrase, ah, this thing that God is bringing my way, unless God helps me, I can't even do it. Or ah, this thing is too big for me to handle on my own, only God can help me. That is from God. A lot of time. Where you have to depend on him. If you want to know God's character a little, go and study the story of Gideon. The Bible says in the book of Judges chapter 7, verse 2 to 3. Let's read together. It says, the Lord said to Gideon, you have too many warriors with you. If I let all of you fight the Midianites, the Israelites will boast to me that they saved themselves by their own strength. 
Therefore, tell the people, whoever is timid or afraid may leave this mountain and go home. So 22,000 of them went home, leaving only 10,000 who were willing to fight. Listen, you ask me, Pastor, how many people did these guys want to fight? So 32,000 soldiers wanted to fight 135,000 soldiers. And God was still saying, is it not still a miracle? Do you understand me? But God was saying, you will still say you did it by your strength. Understand the character of God. See, one of the worst mistakes you can make is to share God's glory with him or attribute God's glory to another person or to another thing or to an institution. Understand the character of God. Then the Bible says, then God said to Gideon, okay, so then the next thing is, God told him, you have to reduce these people. That 10,000 is still too much. How many did God tell him to go with at the end of the day? Bible scholars, how many? 300! 300 men to fight 135,000 men. Let's look at it in the scriptures. It says in Judges 7, 7, the Lord told Gideon, with these 300 men, I will rescue you and give you victory over the Midianites. Send all the others home. If you are Gideon. Okay, but uh, you know, I've done a teaching on that Gideon. A lot of you should understand. You know the story. You know everything. The intricacies behind Gideon. We've done a teaching on that. You get, okay, so let's keep. Let's move on because of time. I mean, it's so amazing that God used 300 men to defeat an army of 135,000 soldiers, trained soldiers. The Bible says in the book of Judges 8 verse 10, it said, by this time, Zeba and Zalmunna went Kako with about 15,000 warriors. All that remained of the allied armies of the east, for 120,000 had already been killed. 120,000 plus 15,000, 135,000. And Gideon said, carry these 300 men. And they were slaughtering these 15,000 remaining soldiers. Amazing. So what did God do there? I want it to be clear that I helped you. So listen, as we're going through this limitless season, God wants it to be clear that he helped you. In this, this short period, I've received some kind of proposals that, you know, someone will be asking, but God just says, oh, go, I'm your confidence. Just say you are okay. You know how someone, imagine, let me just ask you a question. Imagine someone just out to me and say, there's this deal coming up. They need to, if both of us can do this deal now, we need $10 million. So I'll take five, I'll get five million, you get five million. And you look at your whole portfolio, they shake you, shake you, shake you, everything you have. Maybe it's no more than 200,000. Is it only God that can help you? Are you going to stay? Where do you get it from? I'm just giving a scenario. That's what I'm talking about. I'm telling you, launch your faith. God doesn't want to share his glory. One person just says, I don't franchise my glory. I don't franchise my glory. Hallelujah. Number three. Oh, okay, so let's start from, I'm the past feminist now so that we don't fight. See that he helps people remember. Number one. Ah, it's like we are aging. What's happening? Number one. The door that God will open will never contradict his word. Number two. The door that God opens will require you to depend on him. Number three, open doors may not always look palatable. Understand that. Who was, let me ask you a question. You know the scriptures. David, who was David's open door? First open door. Goliath. Ha! Ah. So my question is, what's that mountain before you? What's that Goliath before you? What's that dream that God has put in your heart that looks like it is unattainable? That may be your open door. Hallelujah. Look at children of Israel. When they were delivered from Egypt, what was their first open door? Do you know that the Red Sea was an open door? 
It looked like a closed door, right? But it was an open door. Why? Do you know that if maybe the children of Israel maybe passed around the Red Sea, you know the Egyptians would have kept chasing them. They would have kept chasing them all. They would have always been at their back. But guess what God did? God not only did a miracle that the whole world heard about and became afraid of them. God now parted the sea, allowed them to go through it, and God swallowed the Egyptians. Since after that time, did we hear that the Egyptians came to chase them? Do you know what it means to lose your entire army? Like, skilled guys. Just like that. So the Red Sea, imagine what will have happened to the children of Israel when they got to the Red Sea. You know, a lot of times when we read scriptures, I want to encourage us to put ourselves in the situation of the people. Do you know what it means to be in front of a sea, Red Sea, massive? Then you look, you hear the sound of chariots coming. So if you go into the thing, you first look at, can I swim? Even if I try to swim, the children, you can't even swim, you get tired, so that's eliminated. Then you look back, if I go back, these guys will kill us. So what do you do at that kind of point? But God came through. And I was sharing this some other time ago that the family even opened the sea and it stood up. It took faith to go into it. Some of us even want to marry a swimming pool. <laughs> if God were to part a swimming pool, <laughs> I know them. <laughs> you cannot even enter. Swimming pool, shallow one. They that is getting here. So my point is, it took faith. So open doors may not always look bad. So a red sea became the open door for them. So for someone here, you may be going through a situation that seems so challenging. And you're like, God, this is too much for me. I'm announcing to you today that that may be your open door. Listen to what God has to say. That may be your open door. I pray God will help us in Jesus' name. Very quickly, I'm going to give us a few things to just... In addition to this guide, these things, they are not um, subtopics. I mean, they are more like subtopics. Just to help us to just remember from time to time. And why? Um, so I'm, I'm, trying, I'm going to try and give you some scenarios that, you know, that the ways open doors can come. Um, so I will start with sometimes. So all these things I'm going to give you, I'm going to start the sentence with sometimes. So the first one. Sometimes open doors look like mountains or obstacles. So we spoke about the children of Israel. We spoke about what they went through. But there's another example I want to give us. Daniel. 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 I mean, there was no what happened to Daniel after he emerged from the lion's den. We know the story, right? So we know what happened. It was conspired against and all that. Then the, the other administrators and the rulers ganged up against Daniel. They got Daniel into the lion's den. Daniel was in the lion's den and nothing happened to him. And the Bible says that when the king came, he asked, are you alive? Are you okay? Yes. And Daniel came out without any scratch. What happened to his enemies? They were thrown inside with their families, number one. Number two, the king said the whole nation, I love what the scripture says there. He says, I decree, that's Daniel 6, 26, 28. I decree that everyone throughout my kingdom should tremble with fear before the God of Daniel, for he is the living God and he will endure forever. His kingdom will never be destroyed, and his rule will never end. He rescues and saves his people. He performs miraculous signs and wonders in the heavens and on earth. He has rescued Daniel from the power of the lions. Then the Bible says, the third thing, so Daniel prospered during the reign of Darius and the reign of Cyrus the Persian. Listen, 
Do you know how Daniel will have been after God delivered him from the lion's den? Do you know the story will have gone around? You know I will have how prestigious will have become. The man, think of it. I know people have tried to copy Daniel in the world that we are today, and they've gotten eaten up. Yes, our lions are beating people. I've seen different videos of people entering lions' den. But just think of it that, think of our day. Someone does something wrong, something, and they throw the person in the lion's den. Maybe not in Canada, they won't do that here, but somewhere else. And then the person, nothing happens, and the person emerges. What will happen to that person? The lions shut their mouth. And the person now starts a YouTube channel. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, sometimes open doors can look like mountains or obstacles. For Daniel, Trump being thrown into the lion's den was part of his open doors. Secondly, some closed doors lead to open doors. So sometimes, number two, some closed doors lead to open doors. There are a lot of people here, I mean, not one or two, not three, that by the grace of God, God had to take them out of their jobs by force. So for very flimsy reasons, they were let go. And guess what happened in the shortness of time? God gave them far better jobs. And I sometimes always tell them, if God did not take you away from that first job, maybe God has been telling you, apply, apply. You refuse to apply. He has to take you forcefully so that you can start applying and get the job he has for you. I mean, I'm not talking, I'm talking of several people in this place seated and looking at me today that they will call me pastor, something just happened. I lost my job. And I was searching this place. I was like, is there, any, is there anything wrong? And I feel no. And I'll tell them, let's pray together. God has something better. And in the shortness of time, they'll be screaming in excitement at what God has done for them. So sometimes, so don't always look at closed doors like lost opportunities. What you should always do is go back to God and say, God, what are you saying? Sometimes. The Bible says in the book of Isaiah 43, 19, it says, for I am about to do something new. See, I have already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. I pray regarding every one of us, we will sense it when God is doing something new. And we will keep to what God is doing in the name of Jesus. Sometimes, number three, that's on that sometimes, Sometimes, open doors are unattractive. I know I said they are unpalatable. This is different. Sometimes, it looks like, what? How can this be? Remember the staff, the rod of Moses? That, that was what he was using to direct the ship. I mean, that was, it wasn't anything useful, but what did God turn it to? That became the rod of power when God took hold of it. And that was the tool that God used. I'll share an experience with you guys today. I mean, I, when I was preparing this message, I felt the only thing just bring it back to my remembrance. A couple of years ago, I think it was 2017, I, see, I used to deal in gemstone at the time. And myself and my wife went for this Toronto gem show. So they have it, I think, twice or three times a year. So we went there and all that. At the time, you know, we were just trying to get ourselves together. So I even remember when we were going to set up there, we got the table. So a lot of people that came had display lights, had everything. I want to thank God for talent. Ah, it's good to be creative. I mean, God has blessed my wife with creativity. God gave us so much creativity that when she designed it, it intimidated people. When she designed our, 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 our like, uh, stand, because she got some, some boxes, right? You got those box, silver boxes, put them there. So we went there, it was a three-day show. 
So the first day we went there, we saw people coming to our table, looking at, you know, they just look at it and wow. And we didn't put prizes. Wow, nice. And they do go and say, what kind of problem is this? What kind of problem? So the first day we were there, and we didn't really make any sale that first day. Then I was like, why, what's happening? Like, God, our table is not good. What? Until the, the next day we now came in the morning, and the one lady came, she was like, oh my God, I was here last yesterday. That I was so scared to ask for the price. Meanwhile, our prices are good. I said, this looks so fancy and so expensive. Ah, I said, hey. Oh, so that's the thing now. So you think you're intimidated by what my wife has done. Meanwhile, because I knew what we did. You just bought small, cards, small, small boxes and arranged, she arranged them in a way that looked ex- exclusive. But they didn't know. She said, wow. Anyway, to cut the long story, we're there. Got inquiries. Then I felt the Holy Spirit say to me, I've shared this testimony before. He said, those are your scraps. I said, let me tell you, so when you cut gemstones, right, the parts that can't be cut, they are called scraps. You throw them away. But as, a, as an African man, I don't throw it away. They are, they are, you never know. They may just be value at some point. So I keep my own. So I carried it with me. I didn't know it was there. I'd forgotten. And the Spirit of God said, look for your scraps. Then I looked for the scraps. I mean, these scraps are the most... I mean, you should ne- nobody should really buy them, right? Because they are cut out of gemstone. And he said, pour it on the table. So I poured them. They were a lot. And he said, put something there, $20 each. And I just put... So I'm telling you something. I said, open doors can be unattractive, right? I just put, grab now, while offers last, $20. My wife wrote it with beautiful handwriting. And then I saw everyone rushing to our table. Ah, I told my wife, thank God I didn't throw this thing. <laughs> this thing has made us prestige. People were, wow, wow, 20 bucks? I'm like, 20 bucks for scrap? This is, no, what do you want to do? And my mother said, what do you want to do with this thing? Like, then they now started seeing the other one. Like, I, I remember a jeweler that, I mean, God is awesome. Don't give up. This was day two. There was a jeweler that came, he picked some scrap, then he looked at our stone and said, by the way, like, how much are these? So we told him, he said, wow, those are good deals. He picked two. The guy went, was shopping, he ran back again. He said, ah, ah, I like this one. He picked, he went back again. He ran back again. Ah, ah. I said, God is faithful. For a lot of people, by that first day, when he needs any sale, you'll have, maybe you'll have started fighting your wife, that what kind of year design did you do? <laughs> you will move shop the next day. And of course, you can imagine what happened from that second day. God turned everything around. So sometimes, sometimes, and it leads me to my next point as we start rounding up. Sometimes our open doors are right before us. Listen to me. Sometimes, for some people, your open door is in your garage. There's something you put in your garage that God has said, ah, maybe it's salt to clean eyes. Maybe it's... Uh, this liquid you used to defrost the ice on your glass of your car. Maybe that's what God is calling you to do. Are you listening? For someone that has been dating, you've been going to the guy's house to play Monopoly. Or the guy, guys, you have been going to the girl's house to play Monopoly, Ludo, board games. You have to talk to her. <laughs> Listen to me. Don't assume. Now, why? Because when we share this case about the guy that used to go play Ludo, so the guy would go to the girl's house. He loved the sister with all his heart. But it just felt like maybe the mind can connect. Like maybe mind is just, my mind is telling your mind that I love you. It doesn't work that way. So this guy goes to the lady's sister's house to play this game called Ludo. Ludo is like Monopoly. 
So every time they would play, in his presence, right while they were playing Ludo constantly, another guy came and proposed to the girl. And the girl agreed. And the girl was saying, ah, they've stolen my wife. Which wife? He said, they've taken my fiancé. They've taken... I said, did you ever speak to the person? Did you profess your love? No. No. My point is this. That person that is a friend to you, that you share your bodies together, may just be the person God has ordained for you. Have you even listened to God enough? That person that, as a guy, you are the assistant boyfriend. So every time they break the girls out, she will come and cry on your shoulders. You will motivate her, help her back up, tweet it to another relationship. <laughs> Listen. That may be your open door. You never know. Have you even asked God? A lot of times, it is right in front of us, but we don't see it. You know, when I counsel young people, I think one of the things I always encourage young people to do is, when you, when you want to talk about getting married and all, I don't want to start talking about preaching about marriage now, but a lot of times, when you are close to someone, like, and you are free with the person, like, you are down to it, like, both of you just click. I don't know what's wrong with people that... I'll see two single people of marriageable age and they say, oh, we are best friends. Both of them friends own themselves together. So, except God has said expressly, don't marry. Maybe this is not the person for you. I understand that. But some of them don't even listen to God. Then it's not funny that it's when somebody now shows up. They will not be telling the pastor, pastor, I'm not broken. May God help us in the name of Jesus. Finally, sometimes the people that seem insignificant hold the keys to your open doors. You know the story of Naaman. I'm sure we all know the story of Naaman. The slave girl that was captured told his wife that how I wish my master can go see the prophet in Israel. And we know what happened afterwards. The slave girl held the key to his open door of healing. You know when they said the story of Naaman, they said very guy, right, very this upright, but he had leprosy. That but for him, who did God use to connect him to the prophet? Slave girl. Look at the story of Israel. We know the story of Israel then, when there was so much famine in the land that a woman accosted the king as he was walking on the wall and said, King, I need you to judge a matter. And the king said, What happened? He said, Because of the famine in the land, myself and my friend agreed to eat our children. So the first day we ate my child. Then the second day we were meant to eat a child and she hid the child away. You know that story? And the king started wailing and said, what has God done to us? Who did God use to deliver Israel? Eh? Four lepers. Four lepers. Go read the scriptures. Yes, God has spoken through the mouth of his servant. Elisha prophesied. He said, by tomorrow, he gave a prophecy about the prices of things. And one of the servants of the king said, even if God was opening the windows of heaven, it can never happen. Elisha now said, you will see it with your eyes, but you won't partake of it. Of course, that's the guy that opened the gate and they were stamped and they stepped on him. But what does Bible, look at those lepers. The Bible says they went there. Apparently, what God did was God went to the camp of the Arameans and he made them hear footsteps. So they, said, they started saying, oh, the Israelites have got, gone to get it, um, some other people to join them to fight us. And they ran away and left their camp. They left everything they had. They loot everything. The lepers went in there, they ate so much. When they were full, they said, this is not right. Let's bring... So now, listen to me. If when they went to, got to the gate of Israel, you know they are not meant to stay within the people. If they told the guards, and the guards did not listen to them, what will have happened? 
See, as we close, close this teaching of today, I want you to understand that God can walk through anybody. Nobody is too small. Nobody, you should not treat people based on where they are placed. You never know who God is going to use for your deliverance. As I round up, I want to share a quick experience I had. I mean, Pastor Tyre knows that experience a little. When I, I was doing a course in one of the colleges some time ago, and we had this classmate. That classmate to make me laugh because I remember he almost put me in trouble one day. We had a test, and a very well invigilated test. And as I finished my test and I stood up, this guy said, brother. <laughs> I said, what kind of problem is it? He said, brother, number 22. Can you just <laughs> I said, at my age, at my level. So if they now catch me and maybe they suspend me, what will I tell my children? What will I tell the people of God? I said, don't put me in trouble, brother. So I, just, I just told Pastor that this guy is not serious. So he wants to put me... You know, say so was that kind of guy, like... <laughs> my very good friend now, anyway. But guess what? I, after the course, I told the guy that, okay, if you need me to tell you, I can show you some ropes. So, so what I started doing was, when we have groups... Like, when we have group works, I'll put him in my group so that I could help him boost his marks because his first language was French, not English. So we did that, so we became quite close. I mean, you will have thought nothing of it. Now, back to this, I'm talking of last two years. Listen to this. Listen, so before I close. <laughs> then I got a message on my phone from one of my old contacts from Europe that buys gemstones from me. Of course, I've not been doing it because God has provided other ways and it's very stressful. And the guy says, Ogo, I need gemstones from Congo. They have a new, a new set of yields in Congo. He sent me pictures. He said, do you have access to Congo? I know you have access to Nigeria and some other country. What of Congo? I said, I don't know anybody in Congo. Like, Congo? So I just at that point, I said, Holy Spirit, find anybody from Congo. Guess what? This guy is from Congo. Now, listen to this. I called him. I said, I have this question. No. I had the gemstone in Congo. No, he said, Oh, no problem. Guess what? His brother is the deputy comparator general of customs in Congo. His brother-in-law. Pastor, you remember? Me and Pastor will have been in Congo, but they now had Ebola. <laughs> Guess, I, can you imagine that? I had a video call with the brother-in-law. I'm not joking. His brother-in-law was, that's his, his sister's husband, was the deputy controller general in Congo. I had a video call with them. They showed me story. I mean, they were saying, just come. We'll clear you at the airport. We'll give you a hotel. You'll be fine. We'll leave you with the traders. From someone that it looked like there was nothing. Pastor Taya had already moved to Congo in his mind. I <laughs> said, <laughs> <laughs> Pastor, I've seen flight ticket too. <laughs> Hallelujah. I mean, so what am I saying? You never know. Don't write off anybody. In fact, that's why teachers will tell us to treat everyone with love. God will use anyone. Who did God use to de de deliver the message to Eli of warning? Who? Samuel. The little boy. I pray God will help us in Jesus' name. For a lot of us, we are just a connection away from our open doors. Let's bow down our heads as we begin to talk to God. We have heard the word of God today. I don't know what open door God has placed in front of you. I don't know what opportunities you think you may have lost. I just want you to talk to God today and say, God, I need your help. I want to hear as I ought to hear. I want to see as I ought to see. For a lot of us, all God needs you to do is just constantly align to him. I mean, if you can just key into God, just stay with him. He will help our character because there are some things that 
elude us because of flaws in our characters. Just say, Father, help me. Help me, Lord. You know me more than I know myself. I can't run my race alone. I need your help. Father, we are grateful to you. Very quickly, if there's anyone here or anyone joining us online that would like to surrender their life to Jesus, listen to me very carefully. You can't begin to talk about open doors if you've not opened your heart to Jesus. The only people that are able to recognize and enjoy open doors are people that have opened the doors of their hearts to Christ Jesus. So this message I've preached is not for you if you are not a child of God. But I have good news for you today. Very quickly, I will just say a short word of prayer with you wherever you are. You don't need to come forward. All you need to do is just raise up your hand. For some people, you used to be close to God, but you know you are now far from Him. Let me just do that work of drawing you back to God. That's the simple assignment I want to do this afternoon. So if you don't mind, just wave your hands to Jesus as I say a word of prayer. Do we have anyone here very quickly? Or anyone online? If you are joining us online, just wave your hand wherever you are. I'll just say a quick word of prayer for you. Father, we thank you. Thank you, Lord, for your people. Lord, the word says that whosoever comes unto you, you shall in no wise cast away. Lord, I pray that your children have come to you today, Lord. I pray that you will keep them. You will hold them. That from today they start a new work. They will not fall by the wayside. Thank you, everlasting Father. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Father, I pray for all your children that you will give us the grace to see as we ought to see. Give us the grace to hear as we ought to hear. That your name will continually be opening, will continually be praised in our life. Every open door that you have placed around us, Lord, I pray that you give us grace to identify them. Give us the grace to take advantage of them. That you will continue to take the glory even in our lives. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Let somebody shout hallelujah.